0: hey what's good people this is the option podcast this is episode 85 got came shock in the house came shocks in the house yes the episode starts right now episode 85 this is jason DeBeas. i'm your host with the most and you ask and you shall receive because for me i've got to give the people give the people what they want Mm. came shalk avp fivb volleyball sensation and he's also canadian what's good man (laughs)
1: <laughs> what's up man it's good to be here thanks for having me i don't know how i can like top that little intro you just did oh, a little, man, bit of music, come... little bit of just self-producing everything just you know it's crazy because i don't have like <laughs> right look we were just talking
0: about it before we got on the podcast right like because volleyball players don't really want to make don't make a lot or don't want to spend a lot we become um professional versions of everything right don't know mouth-to-mouth boom, you're an Avenger, right? Don't know how to fix your car. <laughs> Guess what? You're a mechanic. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, um, I looked a little bit at your bio, so you know better than anybody um, as far as just being a learning sponge and fighting for stuff you have. And sometimes you don't have something, sometimes you gotta make it. I understand you made like your own net, like when you decided you wanted to play volleyball, right? When you uh, growing up in Canada?
1: Yeah, we, um, oh, we had like, I have four brothers, so five boys in the family and um, second youngest. So we had like a grass court, makeshift court for a long time. And uh, eventually later on, I convinced my dad to like build a beach court in our yard. We had a acreage, so we had like five acres of land farm. We like grew up farm style with cows and calves and all that kind of stuff. So we had a lot of, a lot of land, but um, we didn't get a lot of summer because it's in Alberta. So it's you get like four months of the year where it's beautiful, but it was enough to like convince my dad, like let's make a beach court and see uh, see if we can get good at this game.
0: No, nah, no doubt. I, I mean, look, you had, a, you grew up with a lot of brothers, right? So, you know, you had to fight to fight to make room or this or that. I'm, I'm a kid from Brooklyn. It was even worse. I had three sisters, three aunts, grandmas on both sides. I, I was the only guy. So it was worse for me because they're more, you know, how women are. Come on, man. they are more of them and they don't fight fair. Right. So yeah, speaking of, teamed up on all, all the time. I'm sure. Yeah. So I wanted a whole bunch to cover and I know you got to get in and out. So first of all, mad respect for you doing this. I, I in fact have like a high highlight reel I'll put together and this and that that takes us through this, this whole process. Um, they got you listed at six, five. Are you really six, five or did they do that for the, did they do that to make you look taller? Are you really six, five?
1: Come on. I, I'm really six, five. Yeah. I'm, I'm like six, five and a half. I cool, think. Man. Well, yeah, I'm a big defender. I, uh, I used to say I. When I was a. I first started in Canada, like back in the day. I was a blocker at first, and I, so I would say I was six six. And then I became a defender, and I was like six six is huge for a defender. So I'll just call myself six five now, because um, I'm like right in the middle there.
0: Cool man. Well, no, because when I played in Germany, they had me listed as six three. I'm not six three. I'm six when one. I'm not hunching, you know, and like yeah. ninety two Olympics, out, like the Cuba national team, they had everybody listed like taller than they were. Like this guy's six nine, and just yeah,
1: just the intimidation factor. Yeah,
0: and I guess when people with people with long arms, they play like like you play like a six six guy. Do you? Do, what's your oh. wingspan?
1: Uh, I mean it's about i think i'm pretty symmetrical so it's about the same six five six six i I haven't really measured it to be honest um maybe like a long time ago i did but yeah it's i'm not like super gangly long arms but i'm i think it's i think i have decently long arms i guess i don't know
0: that's cool
1: pretty average yeah mine is actually
0: six seven really yeah so you're like a monkey i'm one of them i'm a walking group hug that's what i am (laughs) that's what i am so were you what did you play indoors like what was your position and when I played in Germany, this is in the early 90s, when I first started cutting my teeth, um, I was an outside hitter. But I ran into a coach at the Olympics, uh, Mario Trebich. Um, mm-hmm. He was the coach of the Netherlands. Um, and he's like, you're 6'1", you're left-handed, you're 6'8", you should set. So for two years, I watched videos of Jeff Stork, who was, cool. near, you know, Two, two-time Olympian, a gold yeah. bronze medalist. And because we had similar a style of play, so I just became a setter. And then I set for Barmeso for a couple of years, you know, um, American club team and Paul M, which is a Polish-American nice. club team. So, you know, they, I never went to nationals because they wanted me to pay my own way, but those teams, yeah. all of those teams won nationals. So they, they had depth. So cool. I, it was cool. I got to, you know, I guess be a Jedi for some pretty good players and learn under them, but yeah, man. 30 years, dude. I'm done with indoor. And we're, <laughs> gonna, we're definitely going to talk about your indoor team. So I, here's, here's one of my questions. Here's a setup question. All right. Yeah. Um, you're a competitive indoor player. All right. A setter mm-hmm. like me. Um, two-time national champ, Red Deer, um, Red Deer College. Mm-hmm. Um, you were, when you were, you started playing volleyball at 12 years old. Were you so you were splitting time between indoor and sand like the entire time, I assume, right? You were just kind of um, the same way a lot of other people did for a time period. Um, here's my question, and you can walk it back to see if the question's right. When did you make the decision to take your talents to the beach
1: exclusively? Okay. Um, well, first of all, I I was pretty much all indoor until, uh, until like high school. I was like because we didn't have like, a, we didn't have beach and we didn't have sand courts and we didn't um, like the most that I saw about beach level was like 96 Olympics when Canadians Heath and Child got bronze and it was, they were amazing that team. And, and uh, that was what like made me like stoked about beach. Um, we just don't have in, in Alberta where I grew up, like in red year, we just didn't have the, have the beach until, until I, we actually built one in our yard. So um, it was mostly indoor and, and uh, I thought for a long time, like I wanted to be an indoor player up until middle of college middle of college and university when i i kind of stepped back a bit and started playing that's when i started playing beach a lot more in the summer so i would play like my full college year and and then the summer would actually finally open up for me because there was like eight years there where i was always playing like provincial team stuff for like for like um basically like yeah all the provinces pl- would play against each other and you just train right after the college season or the or the high school season even you just go play it the entire 20 kids, 20 guys would go to some one city and basically just play indoor all summer. So eventually that finished. And then I started playing beach in the summers and started taking it more and more seriously. And it was like, it was like probably in my third or fourth year where I was like, felt, felt just drawn to the beach and was thinking like debating, like, should I go play pro indoor? Should I try to make a run there? Or do I want to just like follow my heart and go with the beach and I just kind of committed to it and, and ended up getting a tryout with the national team in Toronto, um, which was, like, I basically had to, like, beg them to to, to let me try out because they didn't even have a clue who I was at that point. So I was like, can I please come out there and just try out? And then they're like, okay, we didn't really know you, but that's Ch- fine. And then Chame, said, came, Chame, Chame, who? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> who the hell's Chame? That's not that his name. name. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it worked out really well for me. I guess, like, yeah, moral of the story there was, like, why not just try to ask sometimes for things because I I didn't normally do that. And I was just like, I would really want to pursue this. So it ended up paying off really well for me, obviously.
0: Nice. I Did, um, was the conversation about volleyball and longevity, did that come into play when you made your decision?
1: Yeah, par- partly. And and I had like knee problems, um, playing indoor. I, I just, in my fifth year, I ended up having like a surgery at the end right after, um, just like scope stuff to like fix, fix some things going on in my knee. But um, beach was always like super good on the joints. And I felt stronger. Like I, when I started playing, I, I got like every year started feeling better and better. And like, honestly, if you like stay on top of your body and like keep, take care of yourself, the, you know, like John Hyden is like the perfect example of someone who can just like, you can, you can play this game forever as long as your heart's still in it. And you want to, yeah. you want to compete at the highest level. Cause you, li- you literally get better all the time. And like, experience is so huge in this game. So um, that was definitely part of it. And it was like, like to take a beating playing overseas where you're like demanded to do things all the time. And, and um, I had buddies that were playing pro and it just didn't sound like it would be like super enjoyable. So I, I didn't want to, I didn't pursue that. I just committed to the beach, even though there's like, that was a tough, it was a tough path to look at and be like, I want to become like an FIVB main draw player, but there's like no tour in Canada. There's no, support and there's no system so it's like how do you do this it's uh it's like thinking back now it's kind of crazy it's kind of crazy just to be like that that is crazy that I committed to doing that because not a lot of guys would do that i don't think
0: no look you got infected right the bali yeah. virus right there's no known cure. There's no, there's no freaking vaccine for this, for this, for this <laughs> stuff. You know, yeah, you're seriously. on fire right now. I don't know if you hear my microphone right now. Someone, yeah. someone called a fire truck. This is supposed to be a command center. No, but listen, <laughs> you mentioned John Hyden. John Hyden, to his credit. Um, got out of indoor early enough. Like, you talk about the 96 Olympics. If you remember, he was on the indoor men's team. That's right. Uh, it's crazy um, to think about because I was like the five. The whole time he's just like, put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. I'm good. Yeah. And, uh, I think one of the one of the best matches I watched him play was the last match. I think it was against Bulgaria. it went five sets or whatever, but... Um, wow. Kind of an American bummer the way we played. I have, me, I have a standard, uh, you know, and people criticize me. But I, me, if you know anything about me, I criticize volleyball players with volleyball. So if they could take it, if they could take it, they're going to listen to me. So so for me, nice. like Dane Blanton, right? He just won the NCAA, right? Yep. There was more pressure on him because he was, list- to me, he, I listed him as a good mechanic in a room full of Ferraris. All right. I mean, we already knew he can coach because you're playing experience. You're not going to hurt someone's game. But without so much as coaching, uh, uh, being a head coach of a beach program, he was already crowned the king. And I'm like, I'm not crowning you the king until you win a title. So, yeah. And the pressure of title or fail that's that's real, too.
1: Yeah. Because like second would have been a huge failure for that team, right?
0: No, look. Look, coaching here's John Mayer, because cause of what he had, he he overachieved. You know, you, right. you can't even name you can only name the people who transferred from LMU, not the people who star in LMU. You know, sponsor right. was there, right? So um Bo right. Kula was there. But but I guess my question, getting back to you, John got out, I thought at the right time, where he yeah. he was hitting his volleyball, indoor prime, didn't didn't, you know, start to have these knee problems and this and that. Read Pretty, we could talk about later because that's a unicorn and we need to take him to a a lab and examine him. What age did you make that decision?
1: Um, I would have been 21 or 22, or no, sorry. I would have been 23 or four, yeah. It was like, it was right after my, it was kind of like right after my, honestly, right after my fifth year of indoor. So I played till I was 23 and um, already I was like, my body was beat up from college. So I was like, man. And it wasn't that wasn't the only reason. I just really enjoyed the game. And I thought as a setter my whole life, it was like super fun to be on the beach doing everything, every skill, like passing setting, like being the guy in control, like knowing that like the pressure in beach volleyball is totally different. You're like exposed right away if you're if you're not good at something. Yeah. Whereas on on the, you know, an in indoor, it's not, it's totally different. You can be a middle blocker, you can be an opposite that just hits balls and blocks balls and doesn't have to do anything else or whatever. So to me, that's just like I just love that part of the game. So um, that was the main reason.
0: Well, that's one of my compliments about you. You're one of the handful of players that can control how fast or slow the pace of the game goes. The more you get served, the more you dictate that. Like if there's a team that, that wants to play you fast, they get in the serve right away. Nah, you're going to, you're going to pick up some lines, you know, you're going to do, you know, you're <laughs> going to do side bends and sit-ups, but please don't lose that butt, you know, so, um, <laughs> or, or if there's someone that's gassing, you're getting the ball right away, you're, you're looking at the ref, you got to serve this and that, and that's, that's, um that can be taught and some people, it comes naturally. My guess it comes to you more naturally. Um, I wow, think but, so, yeah. I
1: mean, it's, yeah. it's something that I've gotten better at for sure over the years and I think it's just something that comes with maturity and like understanding, like, I think it's just kind of all game management stuff and, and realizing like what a lot of it's just realizing what's happening on the other side. Like, are these guys looking like they feel fresh and good? Or, or are they like, like a, an example, it was in Cancun against Brazil when when uh, Alison was dying and and so was I though. And, and Theo was pretty, pretty dead too. But basically just like the conversation was like, we, we, we're hurting too. Like it's super hot and we're like every rally is long and we're dying, but we're, we're going to last a little bit longer than these guys. And that's going to be the difference. And at times you like speed it up and try to try to get a couple, a quick point, like, like what you said, like a fast, quick serve. Other times you just got to slow it down that crazy and wipe your glasses for an extra 30 seconds. But um, yeah, game management is for me, it wasn't always easy like that. Like not, I wouldn't say easy. It's the wrong word, but it's, it wasn't always like something that came natural to me. Um, but at, over time, you know, you learn things.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And Cancun I felt like, yeah. I'm like, is he the only guy that likes playing in the wind? Is he the only guy, like, pretending the wind is not there? I mean, I, I convey high complimentary and personal disgust on, on on both levels of, like, how many people train in deep sand, people train in the wind, in like, Cancun, all the fans are talking about, oh, it's windy, oh, it's humid, or whatever. And I'm just like, not the players, you know, not the players, because players, you know, are the players we know, uh, are, are, which is basically all of them, they don't make that excuse. There's just this, you know, with all the training, you're fresh out of excuses you put yourself in a position like you just said where you do or you do not there right. you know, there is no try you know, a try ain't no try so um yeah I really love that when the wind picked up and I understand it was swirly wind in Cancun um mm-hmm. you look like the only guy this is just my eye test I wasn't at Cancun um you look like <laughs> the only guy out there that that looked like the there was no wind. You, you, you look like you're having the time of your life. You're passing, you know, you know, okay. I oh don't know. you know, in <laughs> inland set, just float that set of the wind brings it to my right shoulder. I'm good. You know, did you did you how comfortable were you playing in these conditions?
1: Uh it's funny that you say that. I mean, I uh I appreciate the compliment, but I, I didn't feel that good. I felt um I felt like it was just super tough. And but like I was able to what I was kind of good at doing, I think, is just like it's, it's good to like sit back and watch after like, even like our first couple of practices, it was like, wow, like it is really tough out here. Um, the ball, like you're jumping and the ball is like on your shoulder. Then all of a sudden it's like way inside and, and you're trying to, like ju- you have to make crazy adjustments, but you see like afterwards, like everyone's struggling with the same stuff. So I think it's like the mindset is a little bit like as long, like everyone's going to struggle, but if we struggle a little bit less, we're, we're going to have some success here. Um, I personally like, I didn't feel super comfortable and, and it's good that I faked it enough. It sounds like, um, to make it look that way in, in your eyes, at least, but was, uh, I've
0: been doing this for a it, long time, dude. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and you, It was, it was, it was tough. Like, especially like right set, now, setting, dude. like setting was super tough. Like, cause you'd be going up to set and then the ball would all of a sudden be like four or five feet that way. And you're like, you're reaching out and trying to give, trying to give Theo something hittable and, and, um, and then like you know it's just so many different variables that go and then and then not to mention all the, the heat and everything but um it's yeah it, it, it ends up being just like a game of just like who can grind and battle the hardest and um try to keep like a lot of the talk was just like try to keep the ball alive try not to make errors if you li- if you limit those and make the other team play you're going to end up winning a lot of those rallies um so that worked out obviously at times pretty well for us in Cancun yeah
0: i i actually remember a play that you put your hands up to set and you ended up diving to bump set. You put your hand, it was like a handset. And then yeah. I don't know, there was a gust and it yanked it yeah. away. And well, you,
1: you, you, true as to as your athleticism, it almost looked like a dive to a bump to a bump yeah. set. Yeah. It was like as soon as the ball, it, it, it didn't feel that windy at like ground level. And then as soon as the ball would go like above the antenna height, it would just basically blow up there. So you're like, you see the pass and you, you're like, oh, okay, that yeah, looks pretty good. And then you're like here. And then all of a sudden the ball like starts like last minute just starts going that way and you basically just have to like, and I saw like a ton of like every player kind of did that at some point where you're just like completely lose it. Cause like a huge gust comes in and then you're just, you're basically just fighting to make a, make a half decent play out of it. But uh, it definitely made us look a little bit funny at times. Um, people watching were probably just like, what is happening right now at times? But then, you know, we, you know, we did a pretty good job of it. But then you look at some of these other teams that obviously like Qatar, like these guys just like unbelievable in the wind, and so then you're like, that's a bit of a reality check. Like, these guys have obviously been like dialed in on this stuff for a long time. And, and, um, you know, we're battling with them. But it's like when we played that team um, in the playoffs of the first one, it was like, wow, like these guys are so dialed in. They have like, even when they were, we were getting them out of system, they would like set each other so incredibly well that they were just crushing balls. And um, we like played that match and we were like, man, those guys. I would be surprised if they can keep up this level. Like that's pretty crazy level that they're playing. And and then sure enough, they they like just kept kept that or beat that level the entire three tournaments, which was wild. So it's a bit of like a like a hit. They should be like, Man,
0: we yeah. got work, we got a
1: lot more work to do.
0: It's kind of a coach's wild dream too, to get some of these guys raw, whatever, and this and that. Uh, like Sharif has something I I mean, I'm I'm right or wrong in nomenclature, something I call a dip and pull, where he just goes down as if he's going to go block, and then instead yeah. he goes down, boom, pull. And he dips yeah. so low, a lot of people are like high lining right into – I mean, yeah. it's, he makes – I mean, he just – it's like he punked you with a high school move with like a high school club right. move or whatever. But yeah. it's – as a as a juniors coach, and, you know, I coach privately um, as well. Yeah. You know, I, I worked with Rafu and, you know, Earl Schultz and Jake. Um, yeah. I don't teach that to them because – I, I mean it's fun to experiment with them to see if they can do it but there's only a handful of guys that can actually right. do that and, and and in real time it's productive you know like you're not going to teach <laughs> phil that he doesn't have the mobility right he's different in right, yeah. the board right so you know you if you were blocking maybe you but whatever so um,
1: right i mean the athleticism yeah. of is kind of like what i think about when i see him do stuff like that it's like super fast twitch and he's like getting low and then all of a sudden like exploding off the net and you're like okay like that's just a good play like he makes some crazy plays and um especially like in that it's a good play especially in like conditions like that because the problem is like your vision goes away everyone's vision kind of goes away when the when the set's up there and blowing around so you're basically playing the ball and um as a blocker it seems smart to like make those little plays here and there just because it's like normally you might see him like make that move and then you're like okay like i'll slap it fast instead of like trying to shoot over you or something mm-hmm. but but uh yeah the conditions in Cancun definitely were like good for for stuff like that
0: yeah for the for everybody listening at home um that Sharif and Ahmad that's the team from Qatar um I actually learned how to say it because <laughs> my wife kept saying "cutter," and I'm like I'm not no I'm not look how it looks look how it look how it, qatar i'm not gonna dude i'm not gonna say cutter both. all right stop yeah. it it is it is both but i'm not um you, you can't no you can't make me say that no i, I mean i'm gonna call you came that's cool yeah right no one's yeah. gonna call me Hassan. i'm jason right so yeah, yeah exactly so, no but congratulations <laughs> to them made the finals twice and then the third yeah. one you know uh, right if you do not wow. succeed at first um yeah. <laughs> to hell with it. I mean, well, no, try try and yeah, try again. So second, second first. Good for them. Yeah, they're like a favorite
1: now for the Olympic, like one yeah. of the for a medal at least, you think. So Yeah, or maybe someone good to them. compete they're against
0: all and right? Those are the first the first their first meeting were 19 and 2220. So right? right. So. So right. you started basically on the major basis with Ben, right? With Ben Saxon. Yeah. Did Norseka your first win? I believe that was in Chula Vista, right? Um yeah. was that what made the 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 marriage um like more concrete? Like something more yeah, like the pig. Like,
1: I hadn't thought about that for a long time, but basically right after 2012, um Ben was like super close to going. Um he lost like a plan match to go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And then um basically it was like looking for something new after that and wanting to make like a really good push for 2016 to become like a top player, top team. And we talked and um, I basically was like, dude, let's play this Norsica and just, we don't have to commit to anything right now, but let's just play and see how it goes. And and if you like it, then we can play. And if you don't, then, then you can try. Like he was, I think he was thinking about playing with me or Schachter, Sam Schachter. So it was like, and he was like the top blocker at the time. So it was like, okay. Um, but yeah, we went to, we went to, I remember we went to California for like a week or two before that. Um, trained a little bit with like Jake and a, and a few other guys, um and then ended up just going to Chula Vista and, and winning that tournament. And and then like right after the tournament, I was like, we were just kind of chatting. I was like, that went pretty well. Like, should we should we make a run at this next year? Because that was the end of 2012, going into 2013, and it was kind of like at that point we were thinking we had both been living in Toronto and here and there, and then we we basically just committed to be like, w- we need to move to California, we need to train with the best guys and figure this out because no canadian team had had done really anything in the past 10 15 years um on the world tour up until up until that point so we we felt like we needed to do something different and and um yeah that kind of solidified everything and then just we ended up a few months later just moving full on out there yeah. um, to train with the best so it worked out well
0: well that's one of the two keys to to Volley indoor and beat success, right? One, for me, the two biggest keys, and it's, I'm not making a false dichotomy that's included but not limited to, um, iron sharpens iron, right? You, yeah. you went to California to make sure you had the right people to, to, to get um, honest, honest reps, right? Jake's gonna block some balls that a lot of people maybe in your region right. won't. Um, and the yeah. second thing is coaching. Uh, again, yeah. uh, the whole thing about, uh, and I use this term a lot, average mechanic in a room full of Ferraris, right? Are, are, I mean, yeah. Um and nothing about Dane is average, so I wasn't talking about him. I'm just talking about right. the, as a general term. You know, yeah. um because I'm in California and I'm in the club scene and there are some club coaches out there doing some real work, and there's some club is club club coaches that are just making sure this boss team doesn't beat themselves. Just glorify right. babysitter. Average mechanic right. in a room full of Ferraris. Mayor is yep. the guy considered the guy who turns Ford Pintos into Tauruses. So yep. um, so how much of it was iron sharpening iron and how much of it was coaching
1: um i think yeah both for sure both we had um at the time like we didn't go come down here with a coach we just kind of we had we had aaron cadu was our coach for a couple years and he was he was awesome and he would come down for like a week or two at a time um we ended up like that first year getting like a a bunch of sessions with like Stein Metzger and just kind of figuring out what kind of style we wanted to play, what yeah. kind of, what would make us have success um, at the top level and, and kind of go from there. Because with like, yeah, it's tough in Canada. There's like no tour, right. To play to like learn to like figure out how, how you want to play um, AVP, you know, you have all that, those opportunities to kind of figure yourself out and, and all that stuff. So just kind of like going straight from just playing, uh, just training to going to the world tour it was really tough. So being being out in California with like all these top players and um I remember being like so excited just to have chances to train with like Phil and Nick and uh sorry it was Phil and uh Rosie okay time. Um and, no it wasn't it was, well he yeah, played with was, Rosie I
0: mean, in New York. I remember that they they no 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 that was Rosie and someone else. That was Rosie and Case beer sorry about that.
1: No it's it's all good. Um so we just kind of figured it out as we went and ended up training like all kinds with like Jake Jake and Casey we would train because we were in Huntington we would train with them two or three times a week um and then I remember like the biggest thing is like confidence and like knowing you can play with these guys and play at that level and I remember we would have just like crazy battles all the time in practice with those guys and it was like very back and forth and uh we would go on the world tour and those guys would go like win a tournament and we were like losing in the qualifiers um for like the first three i remember for like the first three tournaments of 2013 we lost in the qualifiers against like tough teams but like we and then we would watch like our training team basically go and like they were winning tournaments we were just like man we got to figure this out like what's what's the deal here like it's gonna come you gotta be patient and then like you get like a couple big wins and all of a sudden like all of a sudden like we were main draw team and never looked back it was like all but it was all just like like confidence which came from like yeah training a lot with the best and then like yeah getting coaching and sorting out how we want to play so yeah, it was uh it it happened and it happened pretty quick and it was it was such a good call by us to like move out and and do that
0: yeah man that's i think it's one of the most important things because in a 24-hour day you're going to get x amount from coaching but you're going to get so much more from um like you said, just the, the, the working actors. Um, here's a question, and I'm going to form it like this. When I was in acting school, when I, well, I was in the, the fine arts program at Marymount, Manhattan, returning adult student, I audition, I got in. You know I'm ex-military, nice. so I'm, I'm one of those returning, returning adult students. Um, there's a style of theater that where to get up, uh, um, if you move across the room, you need a reason to, right? And then there's a style of theater. You, no, you don't need a reason just get up, move across the room, move back, move back again, move back again, and you know, figure it out and whatever feels more organic then the why comes to you like that. So I struggled my first two years because the, they were trying to teach me the first style where me as a 33 year old returning a student had to tear down and build up where the 18 year olds had to, they didn't have to tear down and build up because they didn't have that they didn't there was nothing to tear down they were t- they were right. right they don't know what it feels like to be married Gosh. they were never married they don't know what it feels like to serve in the military they just right they didn't even work so yeah. how much of your beach development game was tear down and build up from indoor and how much did uh, um did it come to a lot of it just come off organically where you you where you you got i i i my, my guess is you got in young enough where it was just it was just build up do you understand my question
1: yeah um i think i do i think um as a young player, it's like I th- I think I understand, but like um the build-up part was for me, it was like a couple of years where I was living in Toronto and like um basically like had to break down I I, I had to learn new things essentially. Like like you said, it was kind of natural because I was a setter indoors and like I remember just passing like thousands of balls a day, just like doing different in different scenarios and learning good footwork, proper footwork with everything with setting passing and and just basically spent a couple of years, almost just like, and I was with a German coach and he was awesome. Um, and he, uh, he basically just broke down every skill and, and did so many repetitions that I was basically a robot. Like, just was 22. that Wagner? That was Leonard crap. It oh, was, okay. uh, yeah, he, he coached the Canadian team for, for a little while okay. um, for one quad, I think, but he like was a technical, like technical freak and like just all, all about it. And, and And like on you all the time. So kind of a bit robotic where I was just like, going through the every day, going through the same kind of stuff, progressions of pass, set, serve, attack, footwork, all that stuff. And it, it ended up being really important for me, I think, just because like it gave me a really good foundation to like, to, to go into that other part where you're just like figuring it out on your own, which is when we did move to the, to California was, was kind of like that point where, you know, you kind of let, let it let it let the reins off and kind of learn from those around you and kind of experience the game and play, um, play your natural strengths and, and go from there. And I, I mean, I think like, I tell a lot of young players now, like when they're coming up, like these guys coming out and they're, they're like, how much, how much should I be just playing? And how much should we be, should we be like repping things out? And I was like, well, I, I mean, for me, like when I was younger, I just wanted to get like not even that I wanted to, but I was kind of forced to just like every single, just basically rep everything out like crazy until it became so natural. That I didn't really have to think about things. Um, and then, you know, that eventually will turn into something where you're, where you're able to go off of your instinct and just kind of play where you don't have to think as much, obviously like every year, there's still like those periods where I'm working on really technical things, like trying to sharpen things up. But I think the younger, uh, younger athletes should be doing that for full off seasons.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent, dude. So came the first time I saw you. Um, even knew about you. You know, I had to. I had to backdate after I had the first time I saw you. You may remember this. You may not. Huntington Beach. Um,
1: qualifier with Reed. Was
0: qualifier it? with Reed. Pretty. Yeah. This is crazy because this this is Rafa had a had a first round buy, so everyone considered this like fact de facto first round. So for everybody listening at home, draw the picture in your head. And I'm just going to give you the names. It's Rafa Rodriguez, Kevin McCulloch, um, because I was working with them in 2016. They actually, I helped them, you know, prepare to get into the main draw of Manhattan Beach. And they actually helped me play my first one. I played, I wanted, you know, I was 47 when I played Manhattan Beach. I just wanted to play one before I got too old, you know, and I want to talk about volleyball. It really helps to just, you know, I'm I'm a 30-year indoor player, so it just helped to just get in there. So someone doesn't come up to me and say, why don't don't you play one, blah, blah, blah. So I did, 47 (laughs) years old. You know, nice. best, best shape of my life got served once, and, and that was it. They, they, they didn't <laughs> want to deal with to some 30. pain in the ass lefty. But it was Rafa Rodriguez, Kevin McCulloch, Reed Pretty, <laughs> and you. <laughs> Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, if you think I'm talking about a main draw match, I don't blame you. That is a main draw match. Three of those people are AVP champions, but it wasn't. It was a qualifier match.
1: Yeah. Good memory,
0: right? Talk to, talk to me good. about that match that had a main draw atmosphere. Because there were was people like, on the pier, on,
1: there were people under yeah. the
0: pier, it was it, it was great.
1: Yeah, that was like, honestly, one of the coolest matches I've played. It was like one that you wouldn't forget because like the pier was full, there was like people all around the court. It was like crazy, it was already our third match, um, I think. It was your second. It was either, it was our second match. Yeah, because Rafu and,
0: and Kevin got a bye. And you, you, oh, had to, yeah. you had to play in the play. Yeah, four that day, I think. You lost. So we, you eventually lost to uh, Clemens and Vaught. Yes, that's what it was. Sorry, guys. So
1: crazy thing was that, like, I, um, I had been like double training and training with. So I was like, Reed was like brand new to the beach, and he, like, we were just kind of like, yeah, let's play Huntington and see what happens. I had zero points. He had zero points. So we're like a bomb in <laughs> the very bottom, very bottom of the qualifier. We we're like, okay, let's see what happens here. Um, he's like working on like his approach all the whole time and like trying to figure out timing and, and, uh, I was like trying to work, like help him through some stuff cause he was still really fresh. And, uh, so I was like training like double time with, so like with my regular partner and then with Reed and I ended up like overdoing it a little bit. And I remember like right before it started, I started feeling a little bit of stuff in my hip and, and actually like in that match, um, I ended up like tearing my, I, I tore my adductor in that match. Um it wasn't, like, I tore it, like, crazy, but it was bad enough that, like, I, I, I like, basically played the whole season on, like, a partially torn adductor. But it was, like, I remember that game was, it was, like, midway through that game when it happened, and, and I just kind of, like, toughed it out. But it was, that was one of the craziest games, because it was, like, I think it was, like, 15, 13, or 16, 14 in the third. Yeah. Um, and we had the freeze going, too. And um, it, I just remember it was just, uh, what I do remember is that it was, like, really high level. Um, first AVP, so and we were jack- everyone's kind of jacked up. P- lots of people were watching, and like Reed and I were like split blocking kind of both defenders. Yeah. And these guys were like playing super well. And, I, and Rafu has always played me really tough, like he's always been a really good player. And yeah, because I played him when he was in Puerto Rico all the time, um, and Norsecas and stuff like that. Yep. And, and we're buddies and stuff, so they had like a bit of a chip on their shoulder to beat us, and we were like kind of fired up. and and uh that was just an epic game i remember getting a block for the win but it was like my only block probably of the whole match when you counted uh, these guys were just like, kevin, kevin was just like carving us up and like my, my block was just like not like just way too like straight up like i wasn't making any moves and stuff and then i ended up like finally getting him one time but um it was such a cool way to kind of like even though we lost in our next one um or whatever one yeah i think it was the, it was maybe two after that we lost but it was um it was like such a cool way to like experience the AVP and like start it out. And, and and even though I lost, it was like, or we had lost, it was like, man, like this is going to be, I'm so stoked that I get to play on the AVP and like the crowd and the environment was like, is like one of the coolest things out there. Yeah. And um, it kind of like, dude, that's stuff. a qualifier. <laughs> what the, yeah. the hell is the draw supposed which, to look like? <laughs> like mass, way nastier than so many of my main draw matches have been um, yeah. that I've had. So it's like, yeah, that was really cool. And I'll never forget that.
0: Yeah. He, your lineup, of opponents cuz i was going just going through bvb.info just to uh familiarize myself I mean, a lot of people you met in the qualifier when you were coming up. It was you and you and Reed, and then it was you and for a little bit as you and Ricardo. You know, I can go back yeah. to AVP in New York City, right? You had to beat, I think Marcini yeah. I think Rafa as well, or am After Biota, we beat them in three. I mean, you wow. you you had people that are main draw people just to get to the draw. It was just ridiculous. I have a friend Sean yeah. LeDig, Sean Ladig from New Orleans, right? He played with yeah. uh, Cameron Beans, yep. and Sean that, said we beat them. they were like good. They were yeah. good too. And I'm like, Sean said uh, he was in the best shape of his life. It was the first time he had no injuries. Sean's a late bloomer. He's a division one basketball yeah. standout, but fell, you yeah. know, what, whatever. Right. Got the virus. No cure. Um, yeah. And he said, dude, it was the best game I ever played in my life. And if I didn't play Ricardo in game, <laughs> we probably, we probably <laughs> oh, would have oh, had a better, a good shot of making the draw, but it was, I just think it was hilarious watching you and Reed play in Huntington beach. In a qualifier match, and then New York, like all these people that think they got a shot in the draw, there, you know, they they basically pack up and travel there because New York, they think they can feast on the East, and then they wind right. up you you guys second round, or you guys third yeah. round. <laughs> Feels
1: kind of bad, but it's like it's part no, of the, it's you or
0: them. It's part of the game. It's you or it's them. That, I know. The what? Come on, ain't gonna yeah. be you. And you look, you well, you Canadian, but you ain't that nice. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. It's like it was. It was yeah i remember like with ricardo it was crazy like because we all actually only had to play in two i think only two qualifiers because then we were main draw after that yep but um, uh pretty much it was like crazy because he was he went into new york and he wasn't in shape like he hadn't been playing right uh, much and so he's like kind of showing. up for ricardo rounds of shape yeah right (laughs) exactly so we just basically were like we trained one time the day before we were like I didn't understand anything he was saying, and we were just like, oh, "Okay, let's just play volleyball. We're both pretty good, and see what happens." And uh, that ended up being like our best tournament semifinals.
0: Together. Yeah, Qual-
1: qualifier Connecting. to the semifinals.
0: <laughs> you beat uh, you beat fellow Nick first round. I mean, it, look, <laughs> look, whole lot of unfairness to people who were in your way, <laughs> okay, from trying to win. Before yeah. before I go more neck deep into the A V P, because we're, I know we're in a limited time, and you you got. We both got places to do and people to see. Um, however, that works out. Um, <laughs> maybe we edit that part out. Maybe we don't. <laughs> Talk to me about the Rio Games. How did tell tell our audience? Um, how did you get in? Did, did you win a norseka as a bid? How did you get in? Oh, we we were top
1: fifteen. Um, oh, you and Ben? Yeah, yeah. We were. We had we had lots of medals um, that year going in. You I took think, Poland, think, right? 2016 we had maybe like three medals um we were we were second in in a fight or in a grand slam in in japan too the year before so we were safely in right um
0: argentina you did really good two years before that yeah maybe yeah Yeah.
1: um either way it was um it it was something that was like our goal that was our goal like we didn't want to qualify through norseka or through i think that we wanted to be top 15 team in the world and and we ended up doing that and uh um rio was It was like, it was awesome. It was like the craziest part about everything was just in short, like you obviously go in depth into this, but just like the grind of those four years, just like making it happen and and finding a way to qualify. And now I'm watching all these guys do it right now. And it's crazy. Like the, the amount of, the amount of pressure and like how many results you need to get like 12 good finishes to be a top 15 team on the world tour is like, it's nasty. Savage. Um, so like that, what I'll always, what I'll always remember the most is like, yeah, the games were amazing and the opening ceremonies and all that stuff and playing was really cool. And, um, it was disappointing losing when at at the end, it was like, kind of just like tough that you're just done. But like the crazy thing that I'll always remember is like going through that battle and grind with like, with, with Ben and with uh, Jason Lockett, our coach, um, how tight we got and how much work we put into all that. And, um, it's so, that part is so cool and like addicting to me like that that, uh, that's like the journey that that I want to keep doing you know it's like find a way to 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 win to maximize your team like like do the like figure out the best way possible to get the most out of your team over like a course of several years Um, when you know it's like you pretty much sticking together for years because that's the only way to do it um the rest is like really cool and like some things are kind of like that sting a little bit, like losing. We lost a Dutch team that we were like five and zero against, and they were amazing. Brower Music, they're amazing team, but but we were like a just a tough match for them for some reason all the time, and and they like smashed us at ninth place in the Olympics, um, after we had like controlled them every time we played them, and like that was like a that was really hard for me to take after like just underperforming in that game, and that's kind of like given me fuel to be like, man, I want to do this whole journey again, and not not just like the Olympics, but the the journey nice probably sounds cliche because probably everyone says that but it's it is really it is real like how that works
0: no but you 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 have a, a mental path too. like eventually i mean i don't know for i don't think someone needs to know you closely to know that olympic goal is gonna it is 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 gonna be one of your your major um things your and you have sure. you have that's your goal you, you you got obstacles you got tactics you got expectations right we i call it goat Anyone yeah. who's ever studied theater, we call it GOAT, Goal, Obstacle, Tactics, expectation. So you yeah. have a pretty good plan, man, and I like it. So let's go, sorry. Oh, you're good. All right, let's go to um, AVP for a little bit. I wanna show a little bit of a highlight clip as we talk about some of the partners that you had, uh, where you know you, you played at a high level that eventually led to your championship. So this is kind of a loner from your clip. These are just highlight, highlight came shock films, but I'll continue to talk yeah. as we go. Uh you played with Ricardo? Had some pretty good success, okay. qualifier to the whatever you ended up playing with. Um, uh, Tim Baumgren, who I nicknamed Hitman for Hire. Like, <laughs> all right, if you need a job, just you need something towed, your cat stuck a in a tree. <laughs> all right, there goes he's a him. sniper in the back. Yes, look, you, your cat gets stuck in a tree, you need to put out a fire, you need somebody off, you know, a little, sh- little hit and run with a Chevy Cavalier. <laughs> that yep. is your man, Tim. Tim <laughs> Baumgren is your man, good with everyone. So, um Eventually, you've uh, played with Jeremy Casebeer. Yeah, and Seattle.
1: Yeah, we um, played that whole year together.
0: Yeah, um, but you had a good finish. I think you had a third and a first, right? It was a third and a first. No, you had third with um, Baumgren, Chicago. Then you had, had a second. second with Baumgren. Yeah, Tim and I had a
1: couple. Tim and I had a couple semis, two or three semis, one final, a final in Chicago. Uh, Jeremy and I were before that. Seattle, when we were like second in all, I think in Austin, and and I think maybe like fifth, second, first is what we did. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. And then we were, we had a couple other semis. Um, So we had like a fantastic, Jeremy and I had a fantastic year on the AVP. I think we were number three, maybe number three overall in points, maybe. Um, And I mean, Diggs, like, if you look at
0: the the statistical categories, like, you look at Jeremy Beer Serbs, like, the guy who was second, (laughs) like, as far as aces are concerned, the guy who was second wasn't even, like, so no.
1: ridiculous. That was like the strategy. Yeah, yeah. Basically just grip it and rip it, man. Like we knew, we knew like, yeah. we, we're not going to make like a crazy amount of blocks and digs. Like mm-hmm. essentially with our, with our block D, we are a good team that way. And we're like a great side out team, but we can use this weapon. And if you miss, then who cares? Like, yeah. keep like the mindset was like, stay aggressive and just keep going for it. And I'll be, I'll be like the more controlled player on my serve. And we'll try to go to work a little bit on defense when I'm serving. And then, When you're going at it, like we're going to get them out of system so much that we're going to score points. And it worked that worked extremely well
0: yeah hey for me i always say for indoor the difference between like double A AA and triple a and open are the middles but for okay. beach volleyball what separates like the the higher level open players and the middle mid and low is a serve man that, that yeah. that's that cut and dry i mean you your digs per game was up there was 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 came like and really the fat two fastest ways to score a point is an ace and a block so you know your dig puts a lot of pressure jeremy's gonna get a lot of touches uh sure. let's fast forward to the finals in seattle all right Yep. Um you're up one set to zero now it's like 20 to 18. You're against Taylor and Jake who are not willing to just give up the goods, yeah. <laughs> right? So like, um yeah. I want you to um take me cuz I got highlights. I I want you to take me to your side out and match point. I'll just put it up and you could just talk okay. walk and talk and then I'll, and then I'll clip it off. Ready? Let's I don't do Don't even remember that. This. Okay. Sorry, that's oh, that's the W. All right, Jeremy hits the net, and that's okay because you got to go for it. There's a good cover. This,
1: this was at 2018.
0: Yeah, that's your side out. Gets the yeah. you know Yahoo's, Yahoo's. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this this is match point. You I remember to um,
1: just they, every te- both teams were side out like crazy. Jeremy made a great touch and then threw him up to to let the man go. Like he went off that whole tournament. Like it was crazy. Um, I've never seen him play that well. I don't think like serving was just insane. Um, we were just clicking our side out was just on another level, I think. And, um, that was like the thing, like, if you trust your side out that much, um, you, you know, you can like be super aggressive everywhere else. So getting our first win was like super, super exciting. And we like always share that with Jeremy and we're still close and, um, obviously like tough that we didn't keep playing together, but. Um, it's all, you know, it's, it's a business and it's part of the, part of the game, but, um, he was just a freak that, that tournament. And, um, yeah, it was one of those ones where you're like playing at the top team and you're, they're like putting all this pressure on you and climbing their way back in. And the, the freeze lasted forever. It felt like it was just like, it wasn't even probably that long. I don't even know how many, no, just what it felt like, <laughs> It felt like it was like an hour. It's just like, we just need to get like that one play and then it just, we made it happen. So, I was like, yeah, one of those memories that you'll never forget.
0: Yeah, hey, look, came. It's business, but it's good business. <laughs> that's good exactly. business. As far as two teams taking the relationship as far as it could go, and and as far as it could go was a AVP title. That's something I call good. That's that's something I call one of them good problems. <laughs> you sure. know. Yeah. So yeah, so I really look. I watch highlights of that, and I watch Jeremy's jump serve. I saw him miss one just long, but when he yeah. missed it, the way it hit the sand. You ever, like, skip rocks? You throw, like, a rock in a water, yeah. see how many times it skipped? This ball skipped three times like we were skipping rocks and I've never seen I've never seen anyone sizzle (laughs) Wilson like that it was just I I really thought the ball was just going to catch on fire it skipped the sand three times because it was like some weird straightaway miss but for his point of contact (laughs) looked like it wanted to come down but there was something about like his near miss you ever like a Mikasa right when you miss a jump serve on a Mikasa it's like a damn looks like you don't even know what you're doing so like what just happened and I can't do that ever again like Patterson says you got to you gotta,
1: <laughs> you
0: gotta really risk Yeah,
1: that. Um, you gotta watch the semifinal in that tournament when Jeremy went like off serving right away to start that one. That that right. was watch those contacts because that was like the craziest serving you can have. Just bomb middle the sideline sideline. We're up seven nothing or something. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, you know what? I couldn't find. I was looking for highlights for this, but I, I guess I ran out of time. Um, yeah, the I formation, Bobby Jacobs and Reed Pretty did. <laughs> oh no. I forgot about that for anybody listening at home the eye formation in football is basically a, a, a fullback blocking for the guy blocking for the tailback and maybe they go left maybe they slash but yeah. volleyball eye formation instead of guys are side by side one is front and the other guys behind him. and on the servers toss they decide where they wanted to where they were yeah. gonna play oh my god it was entertaining it was a great that was a great tournament yeah Dude, it was a great it tournament was- wasn't it
1: awesome yeah last time yeah hopefully it can go back to seattle again but yeah that was that was um, just super good, super fun overall, and and uh, it was fun playing those guys too. He was doing eye I formation. I think when Jeremy was serving, you're just like, yeah. "Good luck with this one!" <laughs> like, like you're gonna try to be late to the ball on a guy that's just ripping a jump serve.
0: Yeah, it's talk about crazy. hitman
1: for hire too, right? Bobby Jacobs, yeah. just
0: came in. That was probably his best finish. They they were fifth. Yeah,
1: he was. Yeah. I mean that was pretty amazing. And Reed Reed went off too. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was cool.
0: I like your partner now. I, I like your. Um, well, I, I guess I like you just more for Brunner than Brunner is for you, but it's almost equal. And this, but the reasoning is the same. I like that you have a partner where you don't have to deal with your partner, right? You know, there's some partners that have some eccentricities and, and, and you have to cater that, to that uh, for them to do their thing. But when they do their thing, there's kind of a payoff for that. But at the totally. same time, it's a lot of work for you. And I understand partnerships are work no matter what. Sure. But um, yeah. i more selfish because I'm a Theo fan. Like I'm a volleyball yeah. purist. I'm not I'm not really a fan of a player as much as in the game. But I do have my favorites. Uh, um, yeah. Theo's one of them. Trevor, Trevor's one of them. You know, nice. the, one of those versatile players uh, on yeah. the female end. You know the college girls are like nuss and cloth Uh, um taryn cloth and kristen nuss they're the best pair in the ncaa they're 35 35 and oh um tina gordina you know from usc but but, um now it's slowly become you i'm a fan dude i can't help it i'm (laughs) a fan but i'm glad for theo because when he i found out you were his partner I said, wow, yeah. it's a partner where he doesn't have to deal with his partner. And, I'm, right. and I know you're careful. To, we're not, we're careful to not cast any aspersions on people. Like, what are you trying to say? I was a problem. I was a problem. No, I'm not saying that we, but we got, this is the, this is the option podcast and I yeah. got to keep it real. All right. We don't want to sure. keep it real. The other podcast, but no, but the other podcasts for people that don't want to be honest about that. Um, totally.
1: but I'm yeah, very, very glad. Go ahead. He's a pro and he, um, and we both have been around a long time and, and we take care of ourselves and, um. I, uh, I I agree. Like it's just nice to play with someone who's got the same goals and the same mentality, and and uh, yeah, it's just it's a good fit. And he's like just playing wise mm-hmm. too. It's a good fit because he's a big, he's a good point scorer and yeah. and a really solid player and an amazing blocker. So it's yeah. like
0: yep. And you get him back. You, you gotta get him back in playing shape. Yep. Sometimes I gotta
1: kick him in the ass to get going, but when when you when I do, it works really well. And um, he's always ready to go for for tournaments and stuff. But like he's mm-hmm. he's just the fit is good because we're able to like we're able to talk to each other when things are off and like right. we're able to find ways to be like if we are struggling he can ask something of me that i that i'm that i'm fine taking any criticism like that type of criticism where it's like it's it's rare to have that in a partnership where there's like nothing like that's going to be like we're going to fight about that later or anything it's like oh like yeah i understand what you're saying i'll take care of my stuff you take care of your stuff and let's go
0: yep
1: um so to have those conversations like middle of the game sometimes and then be able to turn a game around and win games like that it's it's been pretty cool.
0: Yeah, man. Theo he's had some injuries that prevented him from like getting in the type of volleyball playing shape that he likes to do. So, so that's sure. my, that's my assignment to you when he, you know, when he, when he gets back in some kind of um, um, not too nagging injury form, keep, keep, keep his behind, he's, keep he's, his he's behind and playing shape. Cause I'm a yeah. fan. I, I, it's a rare, it's a rare occasion. I'm a fan of a player. So I, he better not disappoint me because it's, I'm not, I'm just not a fan of particular players. I'm, I'm, I'm a purist, you know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's I cool. mean, other sports, I'm a fan, whatever. You know, I'm a Derek Jeter fan, you know, Bernie Williams. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, born, born Yankee. The, the house yeah. I grew up in, Lou Gehrig lived there. So, I mean, I'm what? Yankee through and through. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Lou Gehrig used to commute from Brooklyn to the Bronx because he didn't want wow. to, his mom and him. He was like, from, you know, a family that didn't want to spend a lot of money. And they're like, Man. finally, finally they moved to Park Avenue and this and that. But um,
1: that's really cool.
0: But I have a question because I know we're headed out of here. But I had, um, yeah. there were some fan questions. There are okay. people, in fact, Stan, Stan is on here saying nice talk, Stan, Stan Schalk, Stan Schalk. Oh my, that's my dad. Okay. <laughs> you that What's one? up, dad? What's cool, man. What's up, pa? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is the live version, but the nice. the, the edited version where I, I take live out all. What? Huh? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I I'm take sure. out. All, I'll, I'll take out all the things. Like I, I, I chose the wrong groom for the marriage. I'm not. I'm not putting. That, I'm <laughs> no. not putting that in the edit. Come That's weird. Yeah. Right. You're like um, another wife. She's. I'm gonna get. <laughs> you. Are you trying to get me drop kick, Jason? <laughs> right. Uh, no, like see your screen. Like see those, your screen yeah. right now. Like a dropkick comes this yeah. way. out. <laughs> so fan question. Um, have you had to make any strategic adjustments to your game with regard to moving from playing behind a smaller? yet explosive blocker uh to playing behind a taller less twitchy blocker.
1: That's a good question. Um great question. and it changes Chris for Wilson. every It's a really good question. I mean, mm-hmm. it changes for every blocker you play with or every block defense and like what you're trying to accomplish as your team. So with Theo it's like he's the biggest blocker I've ever played with and um other blockers I've played with have been like more like a little more fast twitch, like fat, like and like making late moves and stuff. And Ben was a really good blocker, and Jeremy was a great blocker, yeah. but everyone was kind of a little bit different. Theo is just kind of on a bit of a different level because he's just elevates so high, so people have to kind of people have to think about their line shot a little bit when you're playing him because you'll get like all all sorts of touches when you do try to go over him. um So it changes the way we can kind of run our D a little bit. So we don't have to necessarily run like a bunch of plays at like fours and threes. If, if you know what those are, like dive, dive yeah, into the angle. All, no, a lot of times I'll just give him the freedom to you know, we're blocking one, but if you see something, he's such, he's like by far the most instinctual blocker I've ever played with. So like, if I'm sitting in the angle and he's blocking line, I am totally happy with him diving in and, and taking that away from me at times because that's you know, a great relationship to block freedom. So everyone's so good side out wise that like, world tour, someone's coming in, trucking in, and they're going to light me up. Then I hope I want Theo to go in there and block that big ball. Because for me to like make a crazy dig off of, off of like a Dutch guy bombing a ball into the angle and then, and then also transitioning it is a lot tougher than, 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 than a block going in and just roofing it. Right. So, um, we have that like freedom for both of us to kind of like read the play and go with what we what we're feeling at that time. And, and I'm not going to get like frustrated with him. If, if he jumps into my, unless it becomes like a pattern or something, I'm not going to get frustrated if, if he does something um, that gets in my way where I would have made a play or something. Cause right. yeah. I think you're going to win more than you're not in those situations. Um, if you yeah. trust each other. So he's super instinctual and we have like a lot of scenarios for different teams and for, um, for like, if we are feeling good or, or like feeling we can't make a stop or something, then we have like different, different options of like what we want to do with our D with our block D. So sometimes you get a little bit more crazy and move, start moving place at stuff. And other times it's like when we're playing our best is we're pretty straight up and, and, um, making them have to beat it. Like go ahead try to beat the block, try to beat, try to beat it past me and see what happens. And, yeah. um, both work at different times against different teams. So there's a million different variables, but. Um, it's a good question. And, and yes, it does change a lot with like, you know, smaller teams will basically run a ton of, ton of different playset stuff where you're just trying to play a little bit of a chess game that way. And then other teams will be a little more like natural free flowing with how you want to run it.
0: Well, as, and as a result of giving each other that autonomy, every time he's taken away, a lot of times he takes it away. It's a stuff or it's an intelligent redirect right into your defense off off the um I, I call it the option, but it's not an option. It's third hit. You know, I keep I keep saying on two and someone keeps keeps correcting me. And yeah. It's like it's like no block, it's a beach block is a hit. So it's not an yeah. option. You you you
1: know, I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of look at it the way you're saying, like if Theo makes a touch, I'm basically trying to option him. Right. Um because yeah, technically it's the third hit and you have to do it, but it's kind of like in the mindset of like if someone hits a cut shot and he doesn't touch it and I'm trying to option him anyways, it's almost the exact same thing. Um, yeah. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about what those haters are saying about that.
0: Yeah. Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to give you a piece of advice before we leave. Cause we have about, uh, about a minute and a half left, if not less than a minute. Yeah. Don't feed the trolls. Don't feed the <laughs> trolls. You know, this podcast got a little bit more popular. I got, you know, the viewership went up to like 15,000 an episode on, on Facebook. On Facebook, wow. so, um, and there's always going to be people that give me constructive criticism. There's always some people be like, "Who's this clown or whatever," and right. don't don't feed no don't feed no 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 don't don't feed don't feed the trolls. I like that. Know? Yeah, because I have some friends like my boy Jason Olive. He, yeah. he feeds everybody. He's like, I, I don't know how many hours in a day he got or if he's just prepared. He got lines already copied and pasted. He's ready. I mean, he's like Dana White, man. He's ready. He's like, I'll take you all on, on Twitter or Facebook. Jason. Jason's <laughs> awesome hilarious. like it's, that. So
1: Every single one, he just yeah. responds to. Yep. So listen. Yeah, not worth listen. it.
0: The cool thing is we have just enough time to only talk about volleyball. All right. I, mean, I was gonna talk about MMA or you know other sports, <laughs> other sports and this and that, but we allowed each other uh, worry, man. we allowed each other just enough time to talk about volleyball. And guess what? For old school volleyball for my group site, that you know, those this this yep. these these great guys and these grouchy bastards and these these awesome awesome volleyball personalities, they're gonna love this episode. So this one's for awesome. you guys. All right. Anything um, people want to know about, more about came. Where do they go? What site? Came, um just just
1: Instagram. Uh, Camer is my handle on Instagram, and um, pretty much everything runs through that. Um, otherwise, I'll share this on my, like, Facebook and whatnot, my athlete page. But, um, yeah, I would just say just Instagram is cool. I have a website, camershulk.com, but um, I haven't updated that for a while. So All right, cool, should, man. I'll be right. on that.
0: Hey, guys, Kane Came, Came might love person. you, but I, but I can't stand you. In fact, I'm out of here. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your desktop, iPad, iPod, whatever, Droid, this is Came Shock. This is episode 85 of the Option Podcast. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optionvb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports handle. You're going to love what you hear.